Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We don't train ourselves emotionally. We're not fit in our emotions because we keep pushing them all down. Why don't we call this emotional fitness? What drives people to grow, to transform, to reinvent themselves? From the team at Men's Health Australia, you're listening to Strength Sessions, a podcast that goes beyond the definition of strength. I'm Scott Henderson. And I'm Lincoln Lewis. And on the show today, we're joined by a bloke who has experienced profound shifts in his perspective of what strength means to him. Cameron Datto was a teenager when he made his TV debut, and almost 30 years on, he's still one of Australia's most respected actors, having recently joined the cast of Home and Away. Cam is a dad, a husband, and a huge believer in men's mental health, and he joins us now to discuss all of it. Welcome. It's good to see you, brother. Well, it's great to be here, and I had no clue what I was coming into, so, yeah. <laughs> so to, to come in, it was like, wow, okay. Look, while we've got you here, it's a good opportunity to kind of, I guess, get a little bit retrospective and, mm. and look at your career, which has been a phenomenal career. If you wouldn't mind just taking us back to the 80s to kind of where it all started. Yes, it's perfect match. And now, welcome the star of our show, Gosh, I mean, how far do you want to go back? Because I, I guess for me it, it started in, gosh, I was 18 and it was a TV commercial really that, that came up. It was a Crunchy Bar ad, the one, the first one that I, that I did that, that sort of started it. And I remember staying at the Siebel, I flew up from Melbourne, stayed at the Siebel townhouse and uh, – I was earning, you know, five grand or something to eat crunchies all day. And the dream. Really, yeah, 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 living the dream, baby. <laughs> Absolutely sick walking back into the Siebel townhouse. There's people everywhere. I'm like, what's going on here? And out through the throng of people came Jimmy Barnes and the rest of Cold Chisel off their heads coming for their last concert at the Domain. It was called The Last Stand or something. And everyone's screaming, Jimmy. And he's already, like, he'd already, obviously, three sheets to the wind already. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, wow, that's cold chisel. That's their last. <laughs> so here's me walking to the Seabull and they're about to play their last show. And it was like 1986 or something like that. So anyway, it started with a commercial and then a show called Star Search was the one, which was like Australian Idol or something yeah, like right. that at the time. And did that. And then went into a television show called Off the Dish and from there that's when Greg Evans made his decision to quit Perfect Match and they, they called me and said we want you to audition for it and I said I don't want to do it I want to do my continue with my four o'clock TV show yeah, yeah. which I had which I just loved because that was all about that was, that was something interesting I actually took that job because my brother Jamie had been hit by a car and part of his rehab, I felt like I had this great opportunity to do this TV show. I thought, well, this is great. He's going to wake up from his coma. He was in a coma for three months and he wake up from his coma and I'm going to be on TV and talking about the things that we used to do as kids. Oh, that was my whole yeah. idea was to go to, to bring adventure back into the 
house. And for I him suppose. to see that would have just given such a spark. Yeah, they jump. Jesus, as well. go to sleep for three months, wake up and camps on telly, <laughs> yeah. doing all the things that Telling we did. Telling our stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah ex- exactly. And so I wanted to continue with that because I really loved it doing the kids' show. And then and they said, no, you actually you have to audition for this show. So because I was part of Network Ten, in the end I got it. And whilst I was doing that. We would record five shows in a in a night, so I had four or five. You know, I had the rest of the week off, so I was studying acting with people at the Australian. Um, what was it called? The Australian Drama. And you're only twenty one at this stage. 20, as well, yeah, I was right? just twenty one yeah. when so I did you, Perfect you Match. You were the youngest TV host to to enter at the time. I was the youngest. Yeah, the youngest prime time host in the history of TV at that Australian TV. And I'm just putting hour. it out there, but essentially, Perfect Match. You kicked off the Bachelor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Royalty it's the. Uh, <laughs> it's it was it's what is it? What, what are we swiping on now? I don't do yeah, it, yeah. so you know it's that one point Everything you, know? you trace back and you're just like, Link, oh, what you, were you just on before? What was Tinder. That one? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. I think it's our family. Yeah, you guys know yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how this podcast started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that was that was the first first one of those. I did that for a year and a half, but while I was doing that, I was studying acting. With, like I said, people from the, I don't know if it's even there, but Dean Carey, who used to run NIDA, um, and another gal called Claire Crowther, I was doing voice and acting with them, and thought, that's where I want to be, is, is acting. And it was through the other hosts of Off the Dish, they were the ones that said, they were actors, and they said, have you ever thought about acting? And I'm like, you are you are kidding, right? I'm not just like the stars aligning at the yeah, time. Well, I was, but I had never aspired to being an actor at that point. I mean, I loved watching movies and my brothers and I would head off on Sunday and go, you know, we'd bench seat along the Kingswood and go to go to City and, yeah, and smoke cigarettes and go and watch Cool and Gatter Gold and Australian movies. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but to actually become one, that was not in my, you know, front of brain to do that. But they planted a seed and that's when I started doing it and then I actually started auditioning and got roles pretty much straight away. I had a dream run for a like a decade it was amazing and that was that was both here and in LA right well we moved to LA I got married to Allison in 91 and then we moved to Los Angeles like eight months later in 92 and it was then that I mean that was all you know there was Peter Phelps Tom Berlinson Taylor Robert Taylor was there you guys were all among the first wave of Australians to sort of go and take on LA head on Mm. right like the, the, the first group to really start having a real solid crack and making it in LA, right? Mm. There was, yeah, I mean, unbeknownst to me, Russell Crowe had been heading over there, you know, on the DL, and I think so had Guy Pearce, because I'd spoken to Guy a couple of times and he said, oh, yeah, I've been going back from LA for for years. You know, I was like, oh, wow, because he'd been making those sort of indie Melbourne movies Guy had for for quite a while. And uh, so I had no clue that they were doing that. For me, it was just, my agent had gone over with a VHS tape, as they did in those days, <laughs> yes. and uh, showed it to a few people, and they were like, that guy needs to get over here now. So she came back saying, you have to move, which Alison, at that point, we'd only been married three, four months, and she was 22, I was 26, and we'd only known each other for like a year, and we were married, right? Just, I mean, it was just crazy. And she didn't want to go, and I'm like, wait a second, you knew I wanted to go to Hollywood. You knew I wanted to have a shot at it over there at some point. She said, yeah, but not now. And I was like, yeah, I know not now, but 
this is the time to do it. And my agent was saying, you've got to go now because the agent wants you, the manager wants you. You can't go to Hollywood without that set up. Well, that that, demand, was, that yeah. was the way it was at that yep. time, you know, because it's very difficult to get to pick up an agent and, and things at that point. So that was already in place and we went. Which it is, it's, it's cool to mention that you were like basically the, the golden face of Australian television and your wife was mm. the cover girl. And I read somewhere that they said that at one point she was labeled as being more influential than Madonna. And that's what they, yeah. that's what they were saying. So yeah, yeah, no, that's I mean that kind of was true. She, everything she did, but like she lived in Manly, I lived up in in up on the northern beaches there, and I would go to Manly, and Ali would have fifteen, twenty girls following her at about ten feet away, and you could hear them talking. And oh, she's not that good. Oh, look at her hair. Look at this. Like, I mean. The it's height like of bitchy real girls. Life yeah. troll, like social media like, trolls. Yeah, yeah. before <laughs> that. At least they had the balls to be in their face. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, were yeah. Like, they were right there. So Ali actually, when we got to LA, she didn't mind it so much because she was able to sit in a public place mm. without being harassed. Yeah, right. But yeah, she was. And that, and that's where her, I think, her audience is now. They're, you know, mid-40s sort of area and those now she's back and she's she's on you know, Instagram and doing all that sort of stuff. And with our podcast, the Separate Bathrooms podcast, people are really relating and hearing her life because she's been a, a teacher and doing incredible things in LA for the last 25 years. So she's got a, a massive amount of wisdom. And that's, yeah. a, that's actually a good point. So you guys, obviously, you have your podcast together, mm. been married for 28 years. Mm. I know that's the theme of your podcast, so it's hard to kind of sum it up in a, in a quick little soundbite, but... Being married for 28 years mm. in in the entertainment industry is almost unheard of, um, especially in LA. What what are your secrets and, and kind of what what do you put that key down to? Well, again, hard to that is true. It's hard to it is very hard to summarize. Yeah, I think patience. Yeah, patience, and you and and marriage is not look anyone can do it. You can go you know sign up on the back of a Wheaties box if you want and say you're married. It, but it actually takes a huge amount of effort and work and. And being married for 28 years, like for men, we don't hear about what's going to happen to a woman at age 45 or 50 mm. years old. We don't know those things. They're not, mm. that's not, we're not told about that sort of stuff. But there's massive changes that happen. There's also guys going through midlife crisis, there's, and which we, you know, we navigate, we're navigating these things now. And I'm like, damn it, why the f- who didn't tell me about this? I didn't know about this. I didn't know my wife's going to turn into a completely different person with hot flushes and not being able to sleep. And she's saying, just remember me, remember the woman I was. I'm going to come out the other end of this. And right now, you know, you don't recognize me, but but it's still me, you know. So there's a lot of, you've got to be patient and 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 stay in the moment communication would ultimately be and especially in this industry for for both of you guys to, to get together and get married so young going over to the states having such a whirlwind career yep. bef- even before you left for the states yep. communication in this industry because it's such an up and down industry you and i were just having this chat before we jumped on and mm. it's so up and down it's so hot and cold mm. all those kinds of things so you got to be there for each other and support each other so having that communication and always being each other's rocks, I think would would be a huge part of it. Am I right? It, it is, mate. It is, and that's that was the next word. I mean, patience is part of it because life happens. Do you choose to react to it, or are you going to respond to it? If you're breathing, then you 
give yourself some space to respond to whatever's happening. The the major one, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the first one should have been communication. It's that sharing, where am I at? You know, how am I feeling? Marriage is like a dance. And if you put it in a dance analogy, when you're dancing with someone, you're never dancing chest to chest the entire time. Right. You've come apart, you know, and you, you're doing your thing. You're going around each other or whatever you're doing. You've got to allow the... The, the space to happen in a marriage. Yeah. If you're just clinging on and you're holding on to that person, it's not going to work. And, and it's just, it's just, it ain't going to work. And it's a bit like the ocean as well. The, the swell comes in and the tides come That's in, the really tides good. go yeah. out. Yeah. Just you've got to allow that to happen. Yeah. And at the same time, communicate. Which I think is really cool for you to say that because to go into the generations of, of men older than us, younger than us, mm. speaking about our feelings or how to approach a relationship is actually still quite a subject we're trying to break through, right? Yeah. And to hear you talk about marriage in, in, in depth like this and, and, and what you've learnt along the way, to say what you said before, I, you know, we all wish that someone's given us this lesson of this particular thing that we may be talking about. Damn, I wish I knew this. Or I wish someone told me about that. But mm. you have to always learn that from yourself. But to hear people iconic such as yourself opening up like that is a really big step. Even for the podcast that we do now, the chats we have about opening up, I find myself one day still sort of trying to open up, right? So for fellas that have grown up in the era of don't talk about your feelings or don't talk about this, nah, this is just the way it's got to be, to hear someone iconic like you opening up like this would, mm. I think, help open a lot more doors. And for, for fellas to go, okay, you know, I it's okay to really communicate mm. and to, to sort of take the time back and go, I'm feeling this, but wait a minute, how are you? Yeah, absolutely. And there's good. There's just there's small tricks you can use too. This is the ninety second rule. It's like I, I, I have the the ten second rule. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about sex. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Well, in that case, well, that was the five second rule. <laughs> You're rounding up to the nearest ten seconds. You first the best, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> yeah, it's the ninety second rule, and or, or again, ask three questions. You know, ask a question and shut up. Listen to the answer. Don't say anything, you know, for 90 seconds. And often, you know, in that, that first, you ask the first question, then as you're listening to what is being said, you formulate another question based on, on what that is. And ask them three questions. And just just be quiet for at least 90 seconds in that. And because we don't learn much when we're talking either. Yeah. We only learn when we're listening. Mm -hmm. And if you really want your partner, if you want to foreplay, Best thing, listen. Totally. Yeah. You know? You're 100% right. Now the next step is actually listening. It's not just doing lip service and saying, hey, how you doing, Link? And then being like, cool, I've done my duty. I've asked the question. Step away now, yeah. you know, you know, and putting that wall up. It's actually listening to the answer and then enabling people to the ability to deal with what that response is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's part of my thing with are you okay. I think that there's a gr is a great initiative. Mm. It's one thing to ask are you okay? <laughs> are you listening <laughs> to the yeah. answer <laughs> when when someone asks that? And often someone will go this is what we I find in men's team a lot of the 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 answers will be around work. Mm. And it's like I hear you talking about work and that's not who you are. That's what you do. Yeah. How are you? you yeah, know, yeah. How are you dealing <laughs> with what's going on? Do you want to run us through a little bit of your work with Men's Team? Yeah, well, Men's Team, I 
was in the States and I was going – I mean, we were going through – it was GFC time. Mm-hmm. The industry was digitizing and so it was, things were going digital. SAG was doing weird things. Coming out of the writer work. strike, oh, like all those God, Yeah, things. all that stuff. It was just awful time and there was not a lot of work around. And you would know, Lincoln, that they would do these um, movies, the SAG ultra low budgets, 100 bucks a day. Yeah. So on the face of it, I'm – I'm working with David Lynch and there's, you know, Laura Dern next to me in this scene and there's all this stuff, 100 bucks a day. 100 bucks a day ain't going to cut the groceries Mm, and the gasoline Mm. and the mortgage and the school fees. I was really struggling and I found myself yelling at the kids. I was not getting along with Alison and I tell you something, if you want to piss your wife up, yell at your kids. (laughs) Piss your wife off, (laughs) yell at the kids. Um, and that's what that's what was happening to me. I was the kids were doing stuff, and I'd be like, "Oh, you know, you guys." So I ended up putting an email out to the school, to the fathers in the school, an open email saying, "I I'm struggling," and oh, I'm getting emotional. Wow, this no, that's it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, so I I was like, I put I just was put it on paper, and I'm like, I'm I'm having a hard time. I don't know if anybody anyone else is, but if you are, can you meet me in my garage? Uh, on Thursday night at seven thirty. Wow! And twenty six guys showed up. Oh, yeah. That 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 first time, twenty six blokes turned up, and I'm like, "What do I do now?" Holy shit! You know, because I'm not a therapist, and I just yeah. I, I was all I I didn't even know what I thought, what I was doing. But dude, some guys showed up with um, six pack. Other guys showed up with a couple of bottles of wine, chips, yeah. crackers, and I'm like. I think we should leave that stuff till afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's my reason for calling you. I needed to share what I'm going through, but does anybody have any ideas about it? So I spoke up. It wasn't 26 guys. It was like it was 20. It was you know low. Dude, know. it was. But it anyway, was it's a bunch, a bunch of dudes. Of dudes. Yeah. That show, that's huge. Yeah. And so uh, we couldn't get round to everybody because otherwise, you know, five minutes with that many people, you're there till you know yeah. one in the morning. Yeah. So. Heard from a few different people, but what I realized was I was not alone. And in sharing my feelings with these other guys who were all from all sorts of walks of life, some were actors, some were, there's a couple of sculptors in there, there was a film director, there was just normal dudes who were dads at the school. So from that moment, I was like, oh, this is amazing. It blew apart. It actually, we lasted three meetings. I got a job uh, in Vancouver or something and it just fell apart and, mm. and it didn't work anymore because there was no one, I didn't have any structure. A couple of years later, another dad from the school said, hey, Cam, you might, you know, you want to do this? We'll get together, a bunch of guys in Topanga and we kind of get up on a rock and we, we just sit and we shoot the shit. And I'm like, well, that sounds good, I'll come. Yeah. And it, the first meeting for that, it was like eight and it was a disaster. I hated it. It was like, <laughs> what are these guys on? You know? <laughs> and they're passing this candle around and... and d- d- doing stuff i'm like oh, i don't get this but they, they i sat there through it and i listened to it and i'm like all right all right okay I'll, I'll do it they said can you come back next month and i'm like okay i'll do it. i'll do it again and their thing was go to three meetings and then you choose if you want to come and they also were going to see give their green light whether you could join the gang you know be in the be in the team I'm like okay so the second one was not much better the third one i went to it was great and I said to them, they go, we, well, they said, we'd love you to join. And I said, if you'd asked me this last month, I was yeah. no <laughs> way you guys are. When I had thinking, the candle in my hand. Yeah, and, nah, <laughs> yeah what is yeah. this? <laughs> anyway, 18 months later, you know, I was still with the team and I was in LA last week and I called them and I said, 
would be great to see everyone and put a team meeting together and we did it. So men's team, I came back here three years ago. I missed my team. I missed the sharing. I missed the, the confidentiality of it. And I was like, I'm, I need to put a team together. So it took me a year to sort of meet different guys and sort of just go, I wonder if you'd do it, you know, and then finally put the feelers out and went, would you be interested? And I put the team together. That team is still going now. And then I did Filthy Rich and Homeless. And during that time, I stayed at Matthew Talbot, and which is a crisis accommodation place. And it's only for men in there. So many men in there would have benefited simply from sitting in circle and being heard, you know, mm. sitting in a sacred circle and be listened to, you know. Part of men's team, the tenants are we don't drink when we have the meeting and we're not allowed to give advice There's no unless you specifically ask for it. Awesome. So you can only speak from your experience about what you've done and you cannot formulate it in this is what you need to do, you know, because no one, none of us want to be told what to do. I think that's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Anyway, after Filthy Rich and Homeless, I thought I need to just put this out there. And so I created my, well, my, I don't even know what she is, but she was my grandma's cousin. And uh, Margaret Henderson, she's, she, her name was, and she was a OM. She was nom uh, mm -hmm. for her work with the Royal Women's Hospital in Victoria. She let, she died and she left us all some money. And um, she left us all three grand. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Maggie, Dr. Maggie Henderson's given me three grand. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> Plowed it straight into men's team. I started the web the, the website off and wrote the basically a blueprint for how to hold a meeting. So you can go to mensteam.com.au, join the mailing list, you'll get the blueprint for free. And it's it enables guys who are of you know who want that sort of that thing in their life where they're sharing in a in a confidential way to there's the blueprint right there. Grab oh, yeah. six mates and go go start go start your own men's team. I think yeah. that's so amazing because yeah. to, to sort of go back to what you said before about people can ask the question, but to listen is is that next step. Now it's like one of those things of okay, we can we can break down that wall, but what do we do next? And mm -hmm. you're creating this blueprint to help mm -hmm. people guide people along that. And to think this is all stemmed from you one day going. I'm seeing the impact that, that I'm doing at home. Mm. I'm yelling at my kids. I'm creating some tension between myself and my wife. I'm not feeling good. This is becoming quite a trickle-down effect. Yeah. I want to do something about it. To think that everything that's flowed on has stemmed from you making that decision. You've learned along the way, and now you're creating a pathway for others to go, okay, I don't need to be lost. I want to, I want to do something. And sometimes... We're, we're a very practical bunch, man, but sometimes we can, if it's something that we're unaware of mm. and it can be quite confusing and, and to say, where do I go? Like mentally, I'm not feeling good. Where do I go? Don't know. I'm going to go back to bearing it because I'm not sure what to do about this. Mm. It seems like it should be put in the too hard basket. Yeah. And so for you to be creating this pathway is incredible. Absolutely incredible, mate. Thanks, man. I, I mean, I, I speak for, for, for myself and, and even for you to say – we can't give advice because so many times, I mean, in the, in the digital age of social media mm. and the internet, everyone has an opinion. And that's the, that's the problem so many times these days is any conversation, I, I can't remember who, who said it, but they said that the main problem these days is we don't listen to, to hear and understand. We listen just to respond. Yeah. And once we actually take that moment to go stop 
stop ticking away upstairs. Just switch that off for a sec, keep the ears going, and that's it. You start to feel what they're what they're saying. And for you guys to do that, it's, it's a really powerful thing. And and so for blokes, I think that's a really it's a really big step. It is. And look, and Australian blokes are notorious at bottling things up. Very but it's so. not it's not this is, we don't own that space. Aussie men don't own that space. <laughs> Americans are still the same. And and English, yeah. I mean, just men, men generally. In general. yeah. yeah. You raised a really good point mentally, emotionally, and and mentally how we take care of ourselves. We're really good men. Are we? We love a problem because we love to solve it. Mm. You know, the we love a gal that's in trouble because then we get to fix it. You know, and that's half the problem why we end up breaking up. Stop trying to fix me. You know, <laughs> I don't need to be fixed. Just freaking listen you know yeah. i just want you to hear me without offering a a, a, a solution yeah. yeah yes right so a lot of us we spend a lot of time in the gym we we mentally we're sorry we're um uh, physically fit we do these things at work you know we're pushing it at work so i thought about why don't we call this emotional fitness we mm. don't get we don't train ourselves emotionally. We're not fit in our emotions because we keep pushing them all down. But if we spent that time, like use men's team, that's what I say. Guys, we're in men's team to work on our emotional fitness. How do I deal with you, with each of you, when if I don't agree with what you're saying? Am I going to mm. stand up and yell at you? Or am I going to go, okay, can you explain that further? Because mm. I'm bumping on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and you might, and it's practice. There's a great analogy about, I call it the beach ball theory, and it's if you if you put a beach ball between us as we're talking, I'm looking at red, green, and blue, and you're looking at orange. Yeah. You know, we're all looking at different right. colours. Yeah. So turn the beach ball around. Look at yeah. go look at have, go around to the other side of the beach ball and have a look at what that person's looking at, mm-hmm. and then get in their shoes. and And that was part of the homeless thing. Look at it from their perspective. See how they're being treated, and you end up having a lot more patience and. Again, Lincoln, you talked about being in sitting in silence or just being quiet. We don't. We're so busy. There's so much clickbait around. Mm-hmm. There's so much. You know, there's so many great sparkly things to take our attention <laughs> these days. And it's like just sit quiet, allow thoughts to come, you know, and just listen to the silence. And it sounds frou frou, but it's not. It's there's so much noise today mm-hmm. that yeah. if we give ourselves that moment to to just to go, all right, I'm just going to be with me right now. I'm going to stay in the present. And then all creation comes from those yeah. ideas. There's, there's so much about your approach that I just find, and like I have to echo like Lincoln sentiment is like what you're doing is incredible. But but I think one of the things that's really resonated is that perspective. You know, there's no one has the answer. We haven't solved the issue of mental health because yeah. if we had – everyone would be happy. So this approach of of listening to people and like both you guys said and recognize not giving that unsolicited advice. To be honest, I could listen to you talk about your approach all day. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And that being emotionally fit, especially in the men's health world, mm. we work on our physical fitness, we work on our nutrition, yep. m- mental fitness, it, none of them work in isolation. And that's something that we keep coming back to in all of our chats. They're so interlinked and so intertwined and you can't be physically strong and be emotionally weak and you can't be emotionally strong you know it's they're all interlinked yeah but yeah i just find that approach of it's individualized and, and just letting people 
speak and actually hearing what they're saying is kind of unique. <laughs> and it creates such a deeper level of understanding as yeah, well, doesn't it? You know, exactly. like sometimes with, with, when we're not really properly listening, how can we ever hope to understand? Everything that you were just saying right now, we're, we're feeling that because we're hearing everything that you're mm. saying. You just drown out the outside noise for a minute and you take that time to listen and it creates that deeper level of understanding and connection, which mm. is what we're lacking so much of these days is we're be- becoming quite disconnected from each other. And pre-social media, pre the whole technological age that we're going through now, I mean, I, I was born in 87 and we went to school without phones and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm. And there, there was just stuff to do and you did it with each other. And these days there's just a lot more distractions. So to take that time out, I think, you know, just to really connect with each other is, is so important. Yeah. And people, people I think find today as well, I mean, we, we find our answers when we're ready to hear them, you know. So you might hear someone you know, like Alison's often said, oh, I said that to you. And I said, yeah, but I guess I wasn't ready to hear it. You know, it's nothing to don't take that personally, honey. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's, uh, I just wasn't ready to hear it because I'll come home and say, oh, so-and-so said this. She goes, yeah, I said that a year ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I, now I've got it at a different level. You know, you opened the portal, honey, and now I've got yeah, it yeah, at yeah. a new level. So we're all ready to hear things when, we, when we're ready to hear them. And, uh, you know, part of sitting quietly and listening, I've – there's that word meditation and often you'll go, oh, my God, what's that? Have I got to light a, a, light a candle and sit with my legs in a really uncomfortable position and do it at 4 o'clock in the morning? No, you don't. Just try listening to the silence. Just do that. Just be, for, right? Just, yeah, just, just do be. that for, for yeah. 15 minutes and then work your way up. You know, yeah. work, work your way more. See what happens. See what opens up. I, I don't know about you, mate, but a great lesson for me on the stage was I'd forgotten one day I'd lost my line. So just completely dried on the stage. And there's 2,000 people out there and I've just dried. And I went back to a, an acting class and, and it was the teacher was awesome. And she just said at that, in that moment, do nothing. Just trust it. Just trust that it's going to come, you know. Yeah. And I remember being in there and just going, oh, my God, I've got no idea what what's coming next. I don't know where I'm at in the show. And at that point, I remember just going... I heard her say, do nothing, do nothing, just allow this to happen. And I did nothing. I just stood there, looked at the different people on the stage, and it felt like it went on for 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, and then it, and then it just trickled back in. Yeah. And it came yeah. in and I – breathing. How important is breathing? Yes. In life, you know, and in that moment, you would have been able to hear a pin drop from the audience yep. too. It was like, like, and yeah. it just out it came, and off we went. It was like clarity, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> I remember coming up like half time or something in the show, and one of the guys comes up and goes, "Oh, that was brilliant!" I said, "What?" And they go, "That moment when you just took that pause." I said, "How long did the pause go for?" And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes. No, it was like three or set three seconds or something. I'm like, yeah, it felt like half an hour. <laughs> I could drive a bus to it. And he goes, yeah, but wow, that was incredible. So in that moment then, it was a great learning lesson for me just to, just to stop, take a breath, don't have to rush. Mm. And, and that's now kind of how I'm doing my best to operate in the world. It's just you don't have to react. Just listen and, and breathe because breathing is your, that's that's your life. If you stop breathing, you stop. You're 
you're dead. The inhale is like you're breathing in. You're inspire. It's an inspiration. Of, I don't know of about life. you, but I just took a big breath in. I like did too. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna yeah. hear on the podcast is yeah. 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 So I'm yeah, like, just take a big and and yeah, just and let that let that fill your life. See what opens up because in that moment things just start to open up yeah opportunities come in i was gonna well. say cameron we're gonna see you now on um home and away it's just gonna be all dramatic pauses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just home and away is just gonna become a silent <laughs> dramatic pause until georgie park says get on with it yeah <laughs> come on jesus daddo hurry up so i'm just conscious of your time and, and really oh, mate, appreciative I'm of, I'm, i mean I'm we could we could listen fine. to you i mean I, link and oh. i have this look where we're just like when, people, when our guests are saying something, we just look across and we're just like, yeah. mind-blowing kind of thing. I think it's already and, surpassed um, like 10 times now. Yeah. Scott and I just looked at each other and just went, holy shit, but, um, this is awesome. One question we ask all yeah. our guests is, in 2020, what does strength mean to you? Well, strength comes from resistance. When you're in your life and there is resistance, there's a reason for it. And we often want to push it away. I don't want to deal with this. You know, oh, God, you know. This is coming at me at work or my wife or my kids or – and you, something is resisting in your life. If you can change the perspective and embrace that darkness or whatever is happening for you, that will build strength. Men's team came from a very dark place for me. But what came from it was such gold – you know, and often in our lives, we look back at the things that have really worked for us. If you look, go back to the very first seed of it, often it's where we're in, we're in our darkest place mm -hmm. or having trouble with something. Mm -hmm. And we've stopped for a moment, we've taken a new action and we've gone, okay, I need to do this. Um, it could be a broken leg. It could, and you go, oh my God, no, I can't go running every morning. Well, guess what? You're going to sit down and something else will come if you allow yeah. it to go... I've busted my leg. What does that mean? It means I can't actually do that thing now. Oh, I'll see what else I can do. And I think that strength often, yes, it's physical, it's being able, it's all those things. To me, strength comes from vulnerability, being strong enough or trusting yourself enough that you are enough and to be vulnerable enough to go, this is where I'm at. I don't need you to fix me. I'm okay. You know, I'm feeling like crap today. I'm just letting you know that. And suddenly that's whew, that's gone mm. and you're vulnerable enough and then maybe someone else will go, I do too. Yeah. You know, it's like that great ad for Canadian club. I don't like beer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, neither do I. Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you never that, know that other people are thinking the yes, same thing. Yeah. Often they are. Yeah. But we're way more perceptive than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. We, we pick up way more. Look, you know, when we go in for auditions and stuff, those, those people sitting behind the desk, they're watching actors come in and out all day long. Mm -hmm. If you're fearful when you walk in the door, they spot it. With, yeah. you, you, they can they, smell they it. Smell yeah, it. They can as soon as you're two <laughs> steps in the door, they know that you're fearful. Yeah. We actually perceive way more than we give ourselves credit for. So strength is being able to be vulnerable and just acknowledging where you are exactly at that time. I think it's important to really have an intention about what you want, what you, you know, have your intention, and then let that unfold. Mm. Take your, I mean, nothing works without taking action. You have to, we, we have to take action. And that's been a, a huge thing for, for me. I've spoken about this before when we had very little money um, going through that GFC time. And I remember my son was five and he wanted, 
we were at the zoo and and um, friends of ours had given us free tickets. We're like, oh, yeah, let's go to the zoo, take him to the zoo, uh, to the zoo. And River came up and he and he said, Dad, can I have an ice cream? And I, I was like, Yeah, okay. And I know how much ice creams were at the zoo. And I didn't have any cash, so I went to the handy bank, and there was like twenty-four bucks in the bank. Mm. That's what we had mm. at the time. Everything was on credit. So I'm like, okay, here's the moment. Do I say no, five-year-old boy, you can't have an ice cream, or do I say, I've got twenty-five bucks, I can buy you an ice cream. So I took out twenty bucks, bought him an ice cream, and went. Oh, this is what I've got. I was sort of looking at what I had rather than what I didn't have. Wow! And that was a big turning point for me. You know, when I'm in trouble, I, I always know if I'm in if I'm having a really tough time, it's because I'm looking at what I don't have and I'm comparing myself to other people. Wow. When I stop and go, that's horseshit, dude. What have you got? Look at what you've got. And in that moment, I twenty five bucks. I could go buy him an ice cream. We get caught up today in a lot of minutiae that, that is just, I think, people want us to, to be caught up in. Yeah. Like Trump is a, is a great example. He creates this whirling dervish with his right hand and with his left hand he's doing what he wants to do. He's, yeah. he's, he's distracting Distraction you. Tactics, it's great, yeah. great magical work. And we need to just stop and just you know, look at what's important, look at what you have, be with the people that you're with in the moment, you know, look at them and be aware you know i think it's so amazing hearing all this from you because especially being in the in the profession that you've been in since you're you've been a teenager when people see your face or they hear the name cameron daddo mm. it'll be when you're doing a job when you're on a magazine mm. when you've won back-to-back silver lokis <laughs> yeah. all smiling winning all these things but the thing in our profession is no one sees the road that got you there or the roads in between mm. the downtimes mm. and to hear you talk about the downtimes and it really hit me deep when you just when you talked about the zoo day with your kid like again growing up hearing your name and watching you mm. and then and then hearing stuff like this it doesn't matter how accomplished you can be in your chosen field we all have those really shitty moments where we contemplate what life is to us and to hear you talk so openly about it considering all you have achieved that would be so relatable to so many of our listeners. It's 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 a real pleasure. It's really beautiful to hear that. So mm. thank you for opening up yeah, and sharing no, that. And thank you for what you're doing mm. continuously. I agree. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for opening up to us and for what you're doing in the space. It's it's incredible. Yeah. You're welcome. Mate, how incredible was that? <laughs> I was going to say, kick it off. <laughs> I'm still speechless. It's we were just kind of debriefing a little bit with Cameron after that chat, and. Um, He's just so engaging, you know, as podcast, <laughs> podcasters, oh, air quotes again, <laughs> not that professional, but, um, <laughs> but you know, as podcasters, we've got to ask questions and keep the conversation going. But I just, he had so much of value to say that I just found myself just wanting to listen and wanting him to talk more about his experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you're hearing about some of those things that really hit him deep and, and when we're sitting here in the studio, obviously for the, for the listeners, you're, you're hearing what he's saying, you're feeling it. But we're seeing how much, like from, he had to take a minute there when he was, when he was chatting away and seeing these things, how, how much they mean to him and seeing that other side of, of Cameron Datto, you know, mm. like again, what I was saying before is you see him as a smiley and this, and you know, everything you see is, is, is like in the magazines or on the TV, but seeing him here and he's again, so engaging, but so deep and yeah. I don't know, man, it's just we've like, had a few tears in this studio. We have, it's, <laughs> and mate, we've, we've been so lucky to have the incredible people we have and mm. such inspirational people, you know, from all, all different sort of 
walks of life. It's it's yeah, been amazing. Absolutely. So yeah. I think um, what I really took away from it as well was was that approach. That we've never really kind of approached that relationships side of strength and and kind of modern masculinity yet. Totally. Um, and to have that perspective of um you know, from Cameron and, and his kind of experiences and relaying that into wider mental health as well is mm-hmm. that was kind of, it was a more practical application, I guess, of, of kind of the things that we kind of touch on in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you just said, mate, touching on, on, um, yeah, all, all the sort of mental, emotional side, but yeah, the relationship side of stuff yeah, like that as well. And him even going, I wish I, I wish someone had taught me these things, which is, mate, we've all been there, haven't we? We've all just sort of went, I've, I've, I wish someone would have told me how this was going to go or, or how this the right way to go about this. So yeah, man, I was, I was just blown away. Honestly, yeah. he's, he's it's great to have, have an icon and a legend of that status kind of come in and be so open. Yeah. I feel very grateful that he, he kind of shared that with us. Absolutely. And yeah. I think for, um, for us as listeners and, and for everyone listening, it's, it's one of those things. It doesn't matter what, what you do, where you come from, anything like that. It's, it's the, the things that we talk about, will ultimately will affect each one of us at some point in our lives. So it's, and, and, you know, everyone's going through it. No one's alone going through issues and problems. And, and, and the best thing to do is, is to be, to listen, to be present. Yeah. Everything that he was saying. So again, I, I feel, I feel so privileged to have listened to all yeah. that. Point. Look, it was a great way to kick off um, this new season of strength sessions. And um, I know you and I have a few special guests up our sleeve um, to come for this this season watch this space baby a few exciting episodes coming up <laughs> but um thank you guys for listening and for joining us um on this latest episode don't forget to rate review and subscribe link anything you want to add mate i just it's just Do good to be more back. followers I'm... on instagram uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> well i'll just have to get you put in a shirtless picture up and yeah, then, then, right. then i'll get a few more followers baby <laughs> no it's it's just good to be back so thanks everyone for tuning in and yeah can't wait to bring you guys more Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.